The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, that sounded like a New Year's Christmas. Yeah, that sounded like the time between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a, a weird week, man. Uh, well, it is. It's, you got not. You know, it's it's just off. That's it. Yeah. No. Your, your dad was here yesterday, and he goes, he goes, uh, man, it's it's a Friday. Nice. No, wait, it's Monday. <laughs> and that's exactly you have no. I said, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't know what day it is. Especially, and you know, we're gonna deal with it again in a couple of days because the hall. You know, because Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Saturday, Sunday, and then whatever bank holiday yesterday, and then the same thing happens with New Year's and New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, bank holiday. I, yeah, but this is how you want it to line up, right? This is pretty much ideal. Like you want your holidays to kind of be on the weekend, so you. Right. I mean, if you're an employee, because you can maximize it. Employers, I'm not so sure. What's yeah. going on in the enterprise world right now? Is this like, I mean, today they're probably out like I mean, checking to there's, make sure yeah. running in the right places. You know, enterprise technically takes off the last, uh, let me say this, officially takes off the last two weeks of December. Um, you know, they have, we have the employee wine and cheese party and, you know, hand out gifts to the managers and stuff like that and then um and then it's off but of course you know everybody was doing things last week you know not every crew not not like vineyard field work but there was still stuff going on and then now yeah today is uh everybody's out and about assessing damage from right. from last night we were just before we start you know it's epic rain last night four four inches, four inches yeah. in essentially 12 hours from yeah. 6 p.m to 6 a.m it was great because it just rained solidly right it was it was right? just it was steady <laughs> downpour for 12 hours Hey everybody, I'm John Martin. Welcome to the Winemakers. <laughs> Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey. We're going to do a year-end wrap-up show today. So, you know, I do... Oh, John, you're going to pour that? Thank you very much. Okay. Um, so, I thought... Um, actually, I didn't think this. I'd like to say I thought about this. But um, it turns out we started the year with listener questions. That was oh. the first episode of uh, 22. Meaning we started the year going, oh, shit... Do we have a guest? Right. What are we supposed to do? Uh, let's just uh, let's just do a listeners question. Uh, we'll New start Year's the year that New Year's hangover. But, but in this case, in this case, our first episode of the New Year will be, I'm hoping, epic because we're going to talk climate and we actually have a professor of climate. Yeah, we, we're going to get educated. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be great. Going to help change the world, really save the world, save the world. That's I, I don't think we're going to do it. We're going to help her. Save the world by telling. Us. No, 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 no. That's just it. it oh, she no. can't. She's not going to save the world. We all have to save the world ourselves. Fuck. We all have to do right. these little incremental pieces to change what's happening. And you know, how many feet did it um, snow in Buffalo? I mean, 
you know, good lord, right. six feet at a time. Yeah, and, and had a couple, and well, and and without any, with no relief, right? Like just negative seventy wind chill. And, Where does she work, Bart? Uh, she's a professor in Sweden. Okay, um, but she's from here. She in grew up on Norbom Road. Right. Okay. Yeah, we're oh. neighbors. Yeah. So. Um, that should be very interesting because I know my habits have changed in the last twenty years. I don't buy bottled water anymore. I mean, we used to buy a lot of it. Yeah. Right. I don't, uh, you know, we recycle everything we can. We compost, um, do everything we possibly can. So, you know, things have changed. It takes a while, but things have changed. And I'm, I'm fairly a, much an early adapter, too, you know. People were doing it 20 years ago, but, I mean, I'm ahead of the curve, I think. Uh, you know, I, I don't... Th for your age group, <laughs> for, yeah. for boomers, you, you, you owe John right right to no, no, pay no, down I, a, I, a generational debt. I understand. I'm trying to pay it off. Yeah. Um, you know, another. I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit a couple of these shows while we're talking and stuff of of like things uh, that yeah because the last year. there there were well, well some somebody like, asked so like what our favorite year. podcast right, guest of the right. year okay perfect right so Their favorite shows of the year right. so this was probably the one of the last ones we actually did on zoom and it was with lyle fast oh the lyle fast one and 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 we got a lot of listener response about lyle fast and i um bought a case of wine from lyle last year over the case since his show right and picked it up this fall and I got to say, that was a very fun experience. Yeah. Like opening up the boxes and seeing what it was I opened. Uh, right. What what, what, what emails of his did you respond? Like, and now he knows and he'll start sending you more of those well, emails. And right? that's just, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. So anyway. That, I, I will say, and shout out to you, our listeners. Um, Lyle's done a lot of wine podcasts, including some much more famous than ours. Um how could that be? How could that be? Uh, he said that of all the podcasts and media that he's ever done, he got the most response and signups and purchases from being on our show. Excellent. That's great. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and he took that and went out and bought seven new pairs of vintage New Balance. <laughs> For me, it was uh, Buckland. Oh, yeah. Buckland I, show was this year. I, I just that, that, I we found that good really stuff this year. Fascinating. He was a great guy and just, you know, local lore. And it, it all just it was a really good show. And, and that was like a two hour show that um, we maybe got through 30 percent of the stories that he could tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was just fun. It was great. We've had plenty of fun shows. That's yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I totally dig the increased emphasis on climate and, and um, you know, the things that we can all do as both producers and, and consumers, yeah. um, you know, the, the Karen McNamara show, the conscious containers, you know, Diana Snowden says definitely is one that sticks out. Um, and in my mind as as one of the great shows of, of 20 and that there's also like, some little kids running around um, Moray Saint Denis right. uh, in yeah. 16600 tie dye t shirts right now. That just makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, this tasting house has changed so much over the past few years. You know, your office used to be in the Rose right room. in the Rose Room, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, it's a evolving, living creature. Yeah, it's very organic. It's a it's, it's growth. Yeah, it's a it's a team member. It's fun to watch. 
It really is. Yeah. I think we've sold more Sisyphus tables. Uh, oh, my than, gosh. Than any other market. I know. Put out, we're, really crushing it for the Sisyphus table. We definitely have cust- customers who have like sent me pictures of their Sisyphus end tables yeah. and stuff. And now I got the app on my phone. So, I'm do you are you c- controlling it? I'll connect you with the person to make the sixteen six hundred logo on the Sisyphus Did you table. Find it, you could do a Grateful Dead logo in there. I looked. They don't have anything in the library. But well, I, they might not do things that are marketed. But I bet you we could get them to do a lightning bolt. Yeah. There you go. Cool. All right. So. Listener questions. Listener questions. So, so it was so hot to trot on it. Should we start with the with the Brett George questions? Oh yeah, the way he. I, I mean, it may take the whole show just to go through all the uh, questions. The, the Brett George listener question show. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he also he texted. I think he communicated in like five different ways. Well, all meanwhile, right. we'll be drinking. Oh, uh, let's talk about. We'll be drinking all these wines, and I took pictures of them, so I'll I'll post them all so you what guys can see what we're drinking. But lineup, we got a. We got a 03 Mar- Margot. We have a 1980 Petite Syrah. We got a 78 Late Harvest Movedra. Uh, Merlot. Uh, late Harvest Merlot, sorry. And this one is Wait, uh, Late Harvest Merlot. Yeah. Awesome. And then we got a Monstrel Motor America, 12% alcohol. This one smells amazing. I can't wait to try it. Probably where we should start, huh? I'm thinking that's probably a good yeah. idea, besides this 2019 Roussan from Rossi Ranch that we got in our glass. I this is um, pretty good. It's, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Someone wanted to try this last night, and she ended up getting some. It's very, very good. Mar- and then Marty showed up last night and said, I love Roussan. It tastes like apple juice. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, that's actually exactly what it tastes like when you press it. It tastes like apple juice. Totally. Well, it looks like funky little cider apples, too, you know? It's all, like, purple and weird. And All right. Um, memorable wine of the year, other than the... Three that you just brought right now, memorable wine of the year, Brian. Can you remember any wines of the year? Uh, no, I, I'm gonna need a minute for that, John. Uh, Brian, you may change your mind after we drink these. One, I know, one memorable wine of the year would be like the ones that we yeah. drink on the end of the year show. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Why not? I'm gonna say actually, one your dad gave me and we drank on Christmas Eve and we were all blown away. It was a '73 Rioja and it uh, still yeah. had life to it. And your dad seemed to know he was like, "How was the Rioja?" And I said, actually, it was amazing. He's like, yeah, isn't that great? I was expecting nothing out of the wine. I thought for sure it was going to be toast. And it just got better and better. And then everyone took off and left me with a half a decanter of it. So, And then it kept getting better and better. <laughs> that off before a couple of Manhattans because my burned the shit out of my hand. So I was, what was the, what, May I get a taste of that ahead of you? Uh, Since I don't have any white in my glass. Uh, okay, well, so we're going to get we're going to yeah, pour some of this. Start right there. Um, Thank you. Rioja is one of those things that, like, there's some the great vintages of Rioja are the best old wines you could ever. Seventy three, sixty four are like the two that I I know, and and a bunch of them came in. Shout out to uh, to Barry Erbst uh, when he was at Rare Wine Company. They got a bunch of like old Rioja and. Um, sold it to my dad and to Cayman and to Eric Bradley. Um, so if you ever need more old Rioja, you know where to go. <laughs> they, got they got it. Spectacular. So smooth and beautiful. Wow. That's nice. Smells the bouquet on that is. Yeah, where did you get that part? What is that? I think that was part of my uh, shout out Della Santina wine um, club. Wine club. You know, they Everything is um, very affordable because of, you know, the buy-in price. And it usually is, that must have been a, 
three Spanish wines. Um, so uh, they're always interesting wines. They're always good. Um, occasionally there's like something that blows you away, um, but they're always solid. Whoa. And matter of fact, on the, on the latest um, one that just came out, there's a um, English sparkling wine is yeah. one of them. All the rage. Right. What happens okay. when England becomes a major producer of wine? Already on it's ha- there. It's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. But I mean, really, when 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 they're growing it, wait, well, I, I mean, Norway? but 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 wait a minute. I mean, you, you have to have the available land to actually do that, right. and you know, um, so I mean, quality qualitatively, yes, I guess that will happen before Ready? it's a it's a major amount of wine, right? Yeah, it's a lot of bread. Yeah, yeah, and lots of open land in uh, England. It's all great. Well, and uh, the the and this is you know something we'll talk to probably Kim Nichols about, um, and you know we can talk about and, and this is goes back to Diana Snowden says, uh, uh, um, uh, hyperbole. So am I saying it wrong? Am I saying it right? No. Oh, you're talking about the, the bread, the bready wine. Um, <laughs> You know, her, her hyperbole of the, you know, fine wine being the emaciated, you know, polar bear on the shrinking ice block. Um, we can play the game of like, oh, what's England wine? What's Norway wine? What's Vancouver wine going to be like? And climate wise, maybe those things are lining up or and heading in that direction. But that doesn't change like the Earth's tilt and sunshine and the length of days and all you know this like you know the angle of the, the angle of the sun and and how quickly you go from really long days to really short days when you're when you're you know pushed north or south. Um, so just moving wine growing to further you know further away from the equator isn't going to solve climate change's effect on winemaking. There's probably more work to be done in how we grow the grapes where we're at than right. anything else, right? Totally. totally. So. Can you imagine in England without fog and rain? You know, it's always foggy and rainy. Right, except for not, right? So, uh, wine of the year. I, you know what? I, I don't think I have a wine of the year. I mean, I have to say, I kind of looked back through my photo photographs and i got to taste some amazing wines this year um uh and and all collectively i I don't know that there was anything that just blew my mind um but boy i got to taste a lot of really good wine this year so i'm 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 begging out begging out on too many good wines Uh, i i have you know i'm sure i drank a bunch of great wines but it's not necessarily the wine that you remember it's the experience around the wine. Um, and then maybe it's, sometimes it's also the wine. Uh, and my case was... Um, does, does in my house by myself in front of the TV count? Is fuck that- yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does. You know, kids asleep, wife's away. That's like, those are golden moments. <laughs> Opening up a new bottle at 10? Yeah. Uh, uh, the 96 Petrus. Oh yeah, yeah, and that oh, the whole story, which I probably shouldn't say, because uh, the, they're listening. But one day, if you Sam, come and I see think me, your shirt just started to rip from you flexing. Oh yeah, that was a big flex. Uh, but it was uh, you know, and the people who were there, Marty was there, and and uh, our friends, the Moffats, uh, in Washington D.C. and and the whole like going from working a, a an event at the Zaki's office to in 
you know, moving wine boxes all day in a sweaty tie-dye shirt to a two-star Michelin restaurant um, where the chef comes and goes, well, we don't really have a spot for you, but how would I make a four-course menu and we put you down here? And and everybody is in, like, hushed tones and, and sport coats watching this <laughs> ratty group of people come through and then, you know, proceed to have somebody order a 96 Patrice. Um, that was nice. That was one of those, like... Uh, affirmational kind of What's a 96 uh, Petrus cost in a restaurant uh, it wasn't it wasn't that I mean it's not a four thousand dollar bottle no it's a four thousand dollar bottle it's like a th- it was like 36 38 something okay. like that yeah well, yeah, yeah. no I mean it you know it's not it's not like DRC quite prices it's not like a five figure but it was definitely a solid you know, middle, middle uh, four figures. I mean, the last time I looked, it was four thousand dollars. Oh yeah, no, it was this was this was four thousand dollars. Okay, yeah, thirty thirty six thirty eight. I think not at the bottom of the list where it's fifty two dollars. No, this was definitely like again these hushed tones of like people who'd you know been trying to get this reservation for months sitting down there and we're in there rowdy and dirty and 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 then like the sommelier comes out with the bottle that's in a basket you know the like the little silver basket for pouring it and the whole thing it was like and these people are going who how who are these people over here in their tie-dye t-shirts they're not from around here they're not they're not from true locals I, i think we were on k street to be honest i think that's where the restaurant was it was like this is um so that was that was my memorable wine of the year well that's a lucky oh man totally i mean it's one of those like um you know the beauty of this wine community and it's not just the business but it's because it's the consumers it was a consumer who who did that is when you're in it um you get to drink often you get to drink like way above your pay grade and have these you know special moments you know how many really like i mean they probably made a fair amount of it but how many 96 patrices are left not many you know so that was that was definitely like that's a an old wine. It's an old. That's uh, an old wine. I'm yeah. just looking back over. You looking at pictures? Yeah, because like I got to go to Promontory um, to do uh, a week cater to dinner there, so I got to try. I think his one, sweater which, just which busted a seam too on that. Right. Oh, we just went to Promontory real quick. Well, my my favorite was the, when you're working the, there. Do they hand you a glass of Krug also? Uh, at the beginning. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then they then they start pouring the wines. What, what was weird is all the reds were on ice. Well, it was this summer though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't that cold. Um, um anyway, the the people that were there for the dinner, I don't think they realized where they were. We just happened to be catering it. The Fairmont was catering the dinner. So they all sat down and they they were drinking all these wines and at the at the end the guy brought the little uh piece of paper that said, "Do you want to order any of these wines?" And I saw a lot of big gulps going on. Like the cheapest one was 800 bucks. Right. Um but I ju- I just remember one of my most like my bucket list wine this year was the 2014 Vanessa Bianco, uh, the Dorona. There was like this extinct grape from Italy that someone found in someone's backyard. And so they, they started repopulating it. It's like one of the rarest wines in the world. It's a skin contact white. The label is, they only do it in half bottles. The label is like gold leaf. And I bought it for the hotel because I thought it was just this super cool thing. And then ended up opening it up one day with Joan um, Stagnero, uh, Laurie, this French girl who was the one that got it for me from Wilson Daniels and chef Jared. And we just, we just popped it one day and got some charcuterie and cheese and just sat in the lounge and, um, and opened it up. I mean, it was 
four of you, so half bottled. That was, you know, that didn't. Yeah, and it's skin contact white. Know, it's not like you're you want gulping. you don't want a whole bottle of it's it. It's Not a porch pounder. <clears throat> no. <laughs> I mean, here here's a wine that I had, and it will be the second oldest wine for me. It was a 1956 Hallcrest Santa Cruz Mountains Cabernet. Oh damn. And what I think the biggest reason, the biggest impression it made on me was how alive it still was. Like it still had flavor, it still had fruit flavors. It wasn't all tertiary. It certainly didn't have any Britannomyces like this bottle of Spanish wine. I know, we might need fresh glasses. True good game. But that was something that made an impression. And then, you know, I'm trying to find this bottle of wine that I found or that I, someone turned me on to um, from a wine shop in Petaluma, and it was a Von Tue, um Grenache Syrah mm. blend. I shared a bottle yeah. with you guys. And the what blew me away about that wine was the aromatics were just so beautiful. And, you know, I remember Morgan and um, uh, Morgan talking about, you know, he and... Um, uh, uh, Morgan's assistant winemaker. Cody. He and Cody. Associate. Associate winemaker. Sorry, Cody. (laughs) Um, How one of them is much more focused on um, texture, right, and finish, and the other one on aromatics. And I think about that a lot when I'm tasting wine. It's because they are. It's kind of two different things. And if you can get them both in line is when you're finally getting someone in winemaking. Well, that's that new uh, wine shop in Petaluma, Bart. Um, it's great. It's great. I, I actually personally haven't been in in a while, um, but he's doing a great job. He's got all sorts of fun wines that, um, you know, aren't necessarily found everywhere. Um, so yeah, he's, I think he's doing well. Good. So you just, um, touched on a question from, from D Chris Calabrese, which is, um, you talk a lot about balanced wine, what achieves balance. And you just you just said it without saying it, which when you have aromatic flavor and texture both present. Yeah. And and how do you get that? Right. Well, there's a lot of there's sort of a lot of ways to crack that nut, but it's about you know Sometimes it's just the magic of the wine. Right. right? I mean the vintage, the vineyard, right, the variety. I mean, I, I think I think now <clears throat> I think I think for a while um, a lot of aromatics were hidden by um, a lot of barrel. Barrel and sulfur. And and sulfur. And I think in general, I know for myself, and but my experience is, is that people are, you know, in, in most of the wines that run in our, what we drink, they've gotten away from that. And it's much more about, you know, heightening those aromatics. Well, in, in <laughs> reference to, um, you know, things like... N- Petrus. It's also the wines that we can afford aren't using as much oak as you know. Better off using no, you know, no new oak than whatever oak you can new oak you can afford, right? Right. Um, I think well, that's there's something going to change and a way to get balance. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's something incredible about well-used, brand new French oak barrels. I mean, oh, yeah. like it's magical. But, you know, sometimes you like a little fruit to go with it. Right. So. Um, I think I like Brett better with higher alcohol wine. Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, well, because the alcohol brings sweetness. So yeah. the Brett, like, m- 
in a in a twelve percent wine. It's a little overpowering. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just not a very pleasant wine. It's you know there and and yeah, it's that sweetness that Which you one? get some from some breads. Um, this one. I didn't taste. I, I I know, John. We you 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 it it hit for you, and that's great. Yeah. Some um, people don't. Some, uh, people, some people don't. aren't aren't bothered by bread. Right. It's totally like a genetic thing. Okay, so we skipped from 2019 uh, Pratt Bomb from Spain to what is this? Uh, 03 Margot. 03 Margot. And you know how wow. we are with our French Chateau Kirwan. Kirwan. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try it. That's. I, I have a hard time with English. That's not a French word. K I R. Is that a U? I can't read cursive either. Probably doesn't help. K I R U A N. Been open since, since Christmas Eve. Since so. Christmas Eve. What year is it? So that's this is the twenty seventh. So this has been open for almost four days. Just keeps getting better. There's some tan in there. Nice, you know. I mean, not like very smooth. Yeah, still got acidity. Yeah. Yep. There's a little bread there too. Yeah. Yeah, but it's amazing. I but wonder if we would have and- tried this first, but now I'm, I'm, my palate is breaded out. No, I, I mean, I, am, I don't know. This mm. is, a, this is a different flavor. Yeah, and it just also does like Bordeauxy, classic Bordeaux, right. yeah, totally different pencil shaving things. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Pencil shaving is really evident, isn't yeah. it? All right, more. Do we have more questions? More questions. What was the first question? Oh, the wines. Oh, the wine. Um, should we st- oh, here's a good one uh, from Kelly Cornett. Um, what excites you most about the quote wine podcast industry? LOL for 2023. So this is a cork in the road. If you're if our growth, our countries, the spread of where our 30 countries are. It's amazing. Our, oh yeah. That's, that's what, I celebrate. I, I mean, I'm super excited about how many more people are talking about wine podcasts and, yeah. and other wineries that are doing it. You know, I mean, right. Bedrock's been doing it for a while. I think, I don't know if it's out yet, but I know that Tony Mall is tra- talking about doing something and he has microphone set up in his office. That is the sweetest setup I've seen oh, for I a know, podcast. It is a man cave in a cellar. Yeah. Leather brown couches. In the so. middle of a warehouse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and just like you know, we, we had MJ doing his thing. This um, so if you haven't signed up yet, and if you're local or you want to be here, um, just January 18th and 19th is the DTC symposium. I think it's in like Walnut Creek or Concord, um, and I think mostly for comic relief, they've invited MJ and I um, to do a keynote address, which I can't hardly say with that. <laughs> Cracking up! I'm doing a keynote address, uh, a keynote address on the rise of the wine podcast, and you know, it, if you need me to carry your microphone or something, because I looked into getting a, a ticket and it might be a little out of my winery budget for the year. Yeah, I um, saw how much it cost. I hope they sell a lot of tickets. Uh, uh, yeah, well, no, I think we we talked to them about doing a podcast down there. 
So oh, um, okay. So yeah. we'll figure that out, and we'll yeah. don't pay them. It's like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> um, go pay so that I get paid. Um, but More it is this is wine. this is DTC <clears throat> wine marketing, right. right? In in a way that like no other format is. Um, and if you're not gonna come to the conference, you're getting a sneak peek of what I'm gonna talk about. This is this is DTC marketing. Ultimately, right? yeah. I mean, if you, especially you know, you look at like the questions that we get from our customers um, for a show like this. Um, this is direct to consumer as it gets. As it gets. Yeah. So um, I'm excited for the continued expansion of that because I think it's the best way for. You know, for wine consumers, for people in the, you know, in the middle of the wine consuming and selling world like like Kelly to, you know, producers to get information about wines that they wouldn't otherwise and to, um, you know, put that information out there. You know, also, go ahead. John. You know what really turns me on, Sam? Where will we be next December? You know, if we've if we've had this growth this year, 45 yeah. percent and, you know thousands of, of minutes of, of content and 30 countries where, where will we be, we be end of next year that's what's really cool yeah what the I growth. what I find interesting is that um, when you meet people and you say someone you say something about doing a podcast or you're with a group of people and they're like oh I listen to podcasts all the time but they're not necessarily wine listen to wine podcasts but then they want to know about what the, you know, like they're curious about it. Like what would a wine podcast be like? And um, hopefully we're helping lead what a wine podcast can be like. And, you know, um, we are unique and have a brand. Well, own. not a wine podcast for Psalms. You, you mean like not a wine Correct. podcast where we come or on done we by just, Psalms. We like break down a wine and like right. it's tartaric acid and, how much percent of malolactic fermentation but like and bart you and i have had this conversation a lot for me the way i i love to educate people about wine is to tell them about the people that make the wine and i think that's what a big part of what we do here is you get to know you know i love long form i love podcasts in general because we get so sick of seeing 30 second snippets on cnn and fox from politicians or you know um, ceos that it's just you don't get a chance to actually know someone but when you the power of being able to sit down at a microphone and ask someone for an hour an hour and a half ask them questions and they have to answer your questions right is sit down with unbelievable the, sit down it's, with the head and it's of something, southwest air <laughs> <laughs> former yeah. CEO. That's going to be a tough one today. I'm sorry, but I, I had to get that in there. What did I miss? Oh, they they've canceled thousands and oh, thousands yeah. of flights. Yeah, oh, yeah. amazing. I, I deleted the Twitter app off my phone a few days ago, and I feel like, I mean, it's great. Um, I have no fucking idea what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> I'm like completely disconnected. I'm, so I'm you, getting all my news from the chalkboard outside of Vine Wine, uh, this wine shop that I follow on Instagram in Brooklyn that puts out like a, you know, six headlines on their chalkboard every morning. Um, I have no idea what's going on in the world. So wait a minute. So you deleted it as out of a protest, out of a frustration, out of a... No, no. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, obviously Scooby it's Elon fucked Musk. up what's going on in, in Twitter land. No, just because like... It's a time suck, and I felt like I wanted to not be in that. I deleted the Instagram app for about seventeen seconds, also, and then and then redownloaded yeah. it. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's it's 
I'll, I'll probably by the time this airs yeah. have. No, I was just curious but, if yeah. what it was because I find myself less engaged wow. in it. Yeah, for sure. Well, everybody's a little over it, and so it sucks more. I mean, it always it was Twitter. It's like it always sucked. That was kind of the appeal, right? You're gonna like there's people just straight selling stuff and there's people who just straight trolling and then there's right. a whole lot of sarcasm and jokes and snark right. and then and that's what i was there a for. little bit of you know informational like know what's going on in the weather and you know what roads are open and ta on the way to tahoe stuff like that right. you know? fires okay fires i mean that's really why the thing that most keeps me on twitter and facebook it's the fire stuff. Yeah. Well, let's um let's approach this one kind of one at a time and um we'll pepper it through. Um You mean have a plan? No, not at all. Okay, um Brian, what's your dream wine? What is my dream wine, wine. to drink? No, to make. Oh. Make uh, a dream wine. Choose any vineyard in Sonoma or Napa, but one you currently don't work with. Variety winemaking ideas you know anything like that 100 percent claret blanche from rossi ranch done in no, concrete you can't that you've already you you've worked with that vineyard before it says without do you know anyone else growing claret around here that he can get <laughs> <laughs> i mean i just i love domain song prefer the 100 percent claret blanche that they do every year they only do it in magnums i that's Sorry, that's that's the dream. It's all good, Brian. I just no, look, A, it's a great dream. B, it's an achievable dream, right. except for that there's like a two rows of Claire Blanche and it goes into a 16600 homage Blanc, so we might have to yeah. arm wrestle. Um, maybe just bottle a couple of magnums for myself. Yeah, maybe we'll just, just we usually we'll, in a room with, with the bottles. <laughs> just looking at them. Wow. I would not touch that bottle if I were you. Um, <laughs> Call it spooge. <laughs> wow. Thousand dollars a bottle. Yeah, we're going to lock that door. All right. Um, uh, who wants to follow that one up? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to another question. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I had I had an answer, but I guess the, my answer no. doesn't qualify under the rules. The, the, the for those of you who have like been up the hill with me uh, to the Muchas Piedras block, uh, Muchas Piedras Vineyard. Right below the Muchas Piedras Vineyard are those straight down the hill, up and down the hill rows. That's like half Syrah with a little Mavedra, a little Grenache, and a little Viognier. I think it's Viognier. Uh, who owns uh, it? It oh, this is you know some classic complicated filicatory deal um the property is owned by the same person who owns muchas piedras okay. the vineyard is leased by enterprise vineyards the grapes go to the guy who planted the vineyard and used to own the property um and they're made by timothy tim milos um under the liquid sky vineyards label yeah how come we even get him um but so you know we never we never get it but i think it would be so cool to ferment it exactly the same as we do the muchas piedras um you know the, the varietal blend is different and the soil is kind of different because it kind of you gets down into a 
a little bit of a swale there. Um, but to just have that as sort of like a, um, you know, in the way that Bedrock, you know, Morgan used to do the like different exhibition, ex, exhibitions, expositions, expositions of uh, the Wild Vineyard, which I think has all been pulled out now. The Wild Syrah. The Wild Syrah. To have like the upper and the lower Muchos Piedras um, with the, you know, kind of different different takes on Roan and Moon Mountain District. Um, So that'd be a dream. Is, but is that topsoil down in that um, swale? Is that from from Muchas Piedras? Muchas Piedras. You know, probably a little bit after last night. After last <laughs> night, no, there's a good cover crop going around there right now. But in the years before we farmed there, for sure, um, and also Muchas the 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 Liquid Sky Vineyard has been enterprise farmed for longer, so there's more breakdown of you know cover crops of fifteen or twenty years. Um, but it's also sort of just kind of a natural little bowl there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys moved on to the petite serrant. Yeah. Yeah. It's Look at how like, brown that is. It's not like, I mean, it's great, but it's still hard to like pour out a no three Margot, even if it's been open. There's for more. Days. I'm I, okay. drinking it. Hmm. No, it's yeah. good. I'm having, but Stony, this is Stony Hill. Is that what it is? No, no, no. No, I thought I saw a sto- oh, the Stony Hill is. Neither, so none of them. Stony, Stony Ridge. Oh, Stony so Ridge. Stony Ridge and Ruby Hill. So yeah. you just I put just the two I of put them together, together and like jumped to <laughs> right. what you jumped to conclusions. It it's a right. contraction. Stony Hill Petite Syrah from Livermore Valley. <laughs> this Livermore is from Valley. Obispo County. I haven't heard of Stony Ridge Valley at all. Part where is Livermore near, Valley? Is it near Livermore? Oh, so, but this yeah, is it is Livermore. Pleasanton. Okay. Yeah. 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 But the winery is in Pleasanton, but the grapes are from Pleasanton San is Lu- uh, San Luis Obispo County. No back label because, oh wait, side label. Those rich and full-bodied wine is made from selected grapes grown in San Luis Obispo County. The wine is deep color, not anymore. Good acidity, probably not anymore. <laughs> we recommend you serve the wine with beef, lamb, and game. Uh, would be right. Visit and enjoy the hospitality of our 95-year-old rustic winery nestled in the foothills of Pleasanton's beautiful countryside. One one, I love that the address. One one eight Vineyard Avenue, Pleasanton, California. Four one five eight four six two one three three. If anyone wants to call and see if that number call. is still in existence, does this winery still exist? Does anybody know? I don't know. So this was a another. This um, is the pest control story. Like we got when my uncle David got all those wines. From a woman whose husband had died and and he said just or she said just come clear out the cellar if you want anything so this is my cousin steven that's a pest control guy and same situation there was some woman that just said come take these bottles if you want them it is still in business it's still in business yeah. it's still located at 1188 no. vineyard avenue it's at 5625 greenville road in livermore and now it says um, Crooked Vine and Stony Ridge Winery. So some um, sort of merger happened. Merger, yeah. But it has huh. raisined. Oh, yeah. Who, who, yeah. who owns Stony Ridge Winery? The Wendy's. 2013 sports broadcasting legend Bob McCown purchased the winery. I don't know Bob McCown. I don't know him. You're the closest thing that I know to a sports, sports broadcasting sports legend. legend. <laughs> Definitely the only John sports broadcasting Stone. legend in the room. <laughs> so that's uh, that's surprising. A legend in my own mind. <laughs> Wherever. Wherever. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't I, I, I mean, the story about you and Roger Randall and him hearing your voice and going, 
that's the guy from ESPN blew my mind, <laughs> you know, amazing. so yeah, fun stuff. All right. We got other, do we have other questions here? Okay. We, um, Blair Frank, who's a dedicated listener and frequent tasting has visitor club member. Uh, he's dropped in a bunch of questions, uh, but I like this one. Um, so you've all talked about Rhone varietals increasing in usage because they're better suited to changing climate. What's going to happen to the wineries that made their brands on varietals like Cabernet, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir? They'll be Bart. owned by sports broadcast and legend <laughs> Bob McCann. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mean, how much Rhone varieties are actually going to make an impact is still yet to be determined. I mean, you know, in Sonoma, we basically went from 1 to 25. I mean, there's still not that much planted, right? Right. Um, and a lot of it is owner, um, winery owned, which, you know, keeps it from to other people um, under long-term, t- um, you know, contracts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, at this point, Cabernet is still going to be king for a while. Right. Pinot and Chardonnay are still going to be king. Um, so I guess it just time will tell. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think you look at um, sort of the increased emphasis on the extreme Sonoma Coast for the Burgundy varietals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a direct and wineries are buying property out there. Those those. Those, you know, legacy brands are buying vineyards or buying grapes out there more and more. Um, and even growing cab out there. And growing cab out there. And, and also, you know, we're still in a place where the economics of, say, you know, Napa Cabernet, Oakville Cabernet, um, allow for, ex- you know, what's seemingly or increasingly extreme measures to keep the vineyards cool. Shade cloth is... You know, misting systems, changing the changing the trellising um, and vine training to have more shade and you know higher off the ground and things like that. Um, that people will continue and you know and it's economical to continue finding ways of growing those three varieties, um, especially if it's a legacy brand based on those varieties, um, rather than. Everybody start making Grenache. And I really fucking hope they don't because right. I don't need that kind of trouble. Well, right. <laughs> no? I mean, keep buying some, but don't, you know, I don't want to see like, uh, you know, La Crema Rousson starting to like take out, you know? Right. Um, because it'll just right. dilute yeah. the qualitative factor. Well, and but Grenache can handle heat. Right. So it makes sense. Also, ask Morgan you know about what he's planting it's going to be portuguese varietals right so um, well and, I mean, and but the, the the knock on on grenache with the heat is though is you, you know get 16 it gets, it gets sugar right before it gets flavor development so therefore you know maybe maybe it's not the answer to heat right. more canopy but what were what were people drinking in the 70s like i don't think it takes that it doesn't i don't think it takes as long as we think matus um, <clears throat> But you had no, widely planted Chenin Blanc, right. right, all over the place. Right. Um, so, I mean, what else was planted around here? And you think about when really was the rise of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay as like the kings of Sonoma? And when really was it? The 90s, I think, right? Yeah, I would say the 90s. So, I mean, and, and it's Cab not really and, that long. Right. And and Cab, 
cab and Pinot Noir were planted here and they were planted right next to each other. Yeah. And that is what, you know, when they realized that maybe they shouldn't be planted right next to each other. Yeah. Um, and I think when you get Grenache into a Pinot lover's mouth, um, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. Because you can kind of transition them yeah. a little bit. Um, I mean, I like smooth wine too, but I like wines with flavor. <laughs> All right. More questions. That petite straws. I have a question. When are we going to try the Kentucky Family Farm secret bottle? It's got to be was, next because we're not there, doing the late harvest Merlot. <laughs> why not? Well, I mean, we're, we can't do that and then try something else. Uh, well, this is also going to be like a sweet wine kind of thing situation. And this is also one that like, well, maybe we want to do it last because. Um, I don't know that it is. It's, I think it's not that it's leftover sweet. I think it. No, it's sweet that. intentional to mask the herbal flavors. Right. Um, and this maybe is an answer to Dan Bixby's question, which was, what else is in the secret employee stash in response to Jasmine's post of a, you know. Oh, I of saw that. Bot of, you know, she was helping you clear out inventory, I think, with that one. Well, uh, we The Muchas Piedras, that was. We had fun. It was the, like a um, after, a, a first off, <clears throat> last off kind of situation, I think. Right. And and we did have fun at the um, Mike the Baker pop up because you probably saw me every once in a while. I was running over to Sojourn to grab a couple more bottles because people people loved the the secret wine. They kept coming up. What's the secret wine you guys are pouring? And it's like, oh, the 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 you know, we just had some shiners laying around that had some random stuff in it. And that pizza, that Mike the Baker. Pizza, oh my god, man. yeah. <laughs> I ate more than I my gluten free gluten sensitive stomach should have and i didn't i mean i regretted it but i didn't really <laughs> mike does a great job man those are yeah. good uh so anyway and the soup was Bixby. amazing too uh, the soup was by the way. so good it, i took a couple of them home yeah yeah and it and it stayed in my mouth it was it was like a a long finish on the on the soup yeah that like smokiness that yeah, had, yeah. It, was so it was like good. smoked rutabaga or something. I don't, I don't know what it was. Know. They're coming. Forever. They're coming back. I think January twenty second, <clears throat> Sunday. Uh, January. Okay, cool. So that's what else is in the secret employee stash, is uh, herbal, Kentucky Family Farms. <laughs> How's that for Dan? Dan well, who's going to explain this? I will. Well, we'll, okay. we'll I, explain I, it when we get there. I, I don't okay. think we should try and like do too much show after it, if that makes sense. I got tastings coming up. I know you should probably well, it's, spit. It's, also, it's not, gonna, but, but it doesn't matter. Well, it's also a bit of a slow burn, and you know we don't have to finish it. Of course, Who came someone in? Someone just walked I think it's in. Marty O'Reilly. No, it definitely no. was not Marty O'Reilly. James James Joyner. Hey, how did James Joyner get his job at Esquire? He asked his. He actually asked that question, so he doesn't. We'll answer that later. Um, here's a good one. Before we start getting too far, and this is another from uh, Chris Calabrese. Um, the vineyard makes the wine. Period. What do you look for when you are buying grapes from the vineyards? I mean, th that's a multi-layered question because when you're walking in, initially you're looking for. Does it is it in good shape? Does it look good? Right. Is the vineyard appear to be healthy? You know, how did they do on the farming? You know, did they spray Roundup? Right. Um, what is is everything dead except for the green leaves? Um, and and how many green leaves are there? And how many green leaves right. are well, there? What does the what does the canopy look like? Yeah, you know, canopy to fruit ratio. Right. 
and 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 I think Canopy has changed a lot, right? In twenty years and stuff, and you know, trellising has changed a lot. Right. So is it? Remember when I, everything was quadrilateral cordons? Yeah, everything, everything, and everything looked exactly the same. Um, so I think that's the first thing you're looking for. Yeah. Um, most likely, you want to taste wine that people have made from that vineyard, um, so you can get an idea, you know, what you're getting. And and usually, I think that's probably what brings you to the vineyard, right? Right. Um, is tasting what somebody else has done with it. Um, let's see what else. No, I mean, I, I think you hit on it. The the you know first thing that I look at when I look at a vineyard, there's there's first you know three things. Um, what does the ground look like? Yep. What is the trellis and pruning method and if it's you know peak growing season what does the canopy look like you know those are going to show you um you know what sort of intent the farming had and And you can tell a lot from what's laying on the ground also right you know um especially you know once crop has been established and you know trellising fruit's been dropped what's been dropped and what leaves have been dropped and because you can actually look and you might say well there's not that much fruit on the vines and you look at how much is on the ground and that gives you an indication that they've been in and they've done that work um so and you want to find good soil right and i don't mean good soil in like the growing corn in iowa way you want to find you know soil with variability you want rock you want sand gravel topsoil um struggle struggle um so that's you know those are the sort of the the basic checklists anything else i just got a text from a wine writer in england who's trying to find the podcast that i told him about so i hooked him up with winemakerspod.com so that should be fun that's interesting England, I like it. So, Sam, I'm gonna. Um, you you asked me a question of how how are you gonna get that Christmas wreath down? Oh uh, yeah. So I I just want to tell the story about that Christmas wreath. If yeah, you, yeah, what is it? It's like cubic glass balls no, or something. No, no, nothing, nothing quite as cool as that. Okay. So if you if you ride your bike up <laughs> Grove Street, <laughs> if you ride your any given day, drive, ride yourself up Grove Street, either drive. You can really see it on bicycles. Um, it's littered with those little balls, and they're called buzz balls. And buzz balls are 14% alcohol, liquid <laughs> drink. And most every other one has uh, like a handy wipe stuffed in it. And I know this because I pick them up in front of my yard. But the neighbor who has been talking about it for a number of years, because there's obviously someone that comes up every single day and drinks it either on their way home or on the way to their job up, you know, in the neighborhood (laughs) and just tosses it out the window. And they're conscious enough that they must be wiping their hands or doing something with this, you know, the handy wipe that they stick in them. So we we go through and pick them up and and whatnot. And someone took it upon themselves to collect enough to make a wreath and hang it in the tree. That's a little, because there's probably 30 or 40 in that wreath. Oh yeah. I I mean, I'm seriously, there are, well, so we had the big rainstorm last night, right? Right. There's four in front of my house right now. That have like washed down from somewhere up the hill. Yep. Wait, so someone's got to put up a camera because it's got to be the same time every day. But it's all, it's it's a three mile stretch. Like how do you cover a three mile stretch? What we need is we need someone to actually catch them doing it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, buzz need, balls. And then buzz ball stakeout. Dump them on their on their house one day. Yeah, and and it was interesting because we know that they sold them down at the at the, yeah, ready, at the right? store at the bottom. Right. But that store's now been closed for about for a while. close to a year. So yeah, they're, that's they're that like the quick stop. There's got a new was, supply. Yeah. So they they're getting their supply somewhere else. Of buzz balls. Buzz balls. And it's got to be just like it's like malt liquor. Yeah. Flavored malt liquor because they liquor. come in different colors. I mean, different James, flavors. James Joyner is over there nodding his head and giving them thumbs down. I mean, you're not going to make us do a buzzball blind tasting. This segment brought to you by Buzz, buzz Balls. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably somebody who's not 21, right? I, I mean, but then explain that. Like, we don't right, have how a it's lot been of going teenagers. On. We don't have a lot of teenagers. Um, th- there's a couple of people that I've discussed as bike riders are the ones that will like to talk about it. If I'm out in front of the house, one guy thinks it's a, um, it's someone that works like maybe a gardener or somebody, right. you know, that does a bunch of work up there. Um, an- another guy said, he goes, I think it's some lady who just can't wait to get home to see her family. And I said, wow. I said, well, couldn't it be a right, guy? That sounds like some, <laughs> it sounds like there's something personal behind yeah, that. That's, yeah. sounds, that's not like just speculation. Issues, yeah. Some that's, issues at home. Um, <laughs> divorce filings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know okay so good lunch break whatever it takes buzz balls balls. just plastic garbage plastic garbage bottled into plastic garbage Uh, bart did we talk about what you wanted to make if you had the opportunity the bart dream wine um you know i um uh chris cottrell when they had um the guy on from ends vineyard mm. um, he w- was talking about and chris brought it up that lime there's a kiln. block there like... um uh yeah lime kiln appellation right I, yeah. yeah um this old this block of zin and muvedra mm. and i think it would be really fun to make a co-ferment of zin and muvedra from the same place mm. from the same ranch so um Shannon Blanc from Sonoma Valley somewhere. That's the other thing that I really would love to do if I could. <coughs> Bradley. You know, um, get some. No, it's tied up with some other guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Who shall remain nameless. I mean, you can find it, but yeah. Um, to to reinforce your Mavedra's Infidel co-ferment, um, Isabel keeps trying to put together a, a Zin Grenache Mavedra blend yeah. from Rossi Ranch. Um, and I actually shot it down in our last blending session just because it didn't fit what we were doing. I think the Zen and Mavedra uh, might overwhelm the, the Grenache. It's definitely, it's like, you know, um, the, the French and especially the Rhone Valley's fascination with Zinfandel. Um, and it, you know, they, I don't know who calls it a picnic wine, um, but it like kind of reinforces that you, you put the Zin and the Mavedra and the Grenache together and you get this like just in, you want to have a mayonnaise French bread salami sandwich. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like a, yeah. you know, like yeah. Broadway market kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there's, there's something there. There's definitely something there. Yeah. 
and I don't make wine. You don't make wine. No. What's your dream wine to drink? What's the wine that... I mean, you've had wine from all over the world. Bordeaux. You've been drinking wine for a long... Bordeaux. Just one more Bordeaux. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all okay That's why me. I brought this. Right. <laughs> it's all okay. <laughs> I knew John was going to be really happy. Where's the, the Philippe Thibault from Stone Edge Farm? All, all roads I'm lead to an H Bordeaux. And I had a second glass. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm kind of digging the... the, 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 uh, the old Petit Syrah. Yeah. I just can't get over how brown it is. That happens. Strange color. Got to add some beignet to it. You know, Brian, we haven't talked since um, the G Love show, um, and you kind of oh, yeah. left. Uh, did you enjoy that show? I did. I, I, he's great, and I didn't expect him just to play by himself. Right. Um, and what was really cool is, I mean, he definitely has a hardcore fan base. Those people knew the words to every song. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he doesn't take himself seriously. I love how he likes to joke right. around. and. Right. Um, and then hanging out with AJ is great too. Yeah. Yeah. And then he put me in contact with his sister who is in the wine business. G Love's sister? Yeah. She's, um, uh, what is the La, La Pearl? La, well, anyway, I'll. She's in the wine business. She's in the wine <laughs> business. But, I, and I look quickly. There's, it's pretty interesting. She works for an importer out of New York and, and gets around. So. Yeah, the only the only thing that sucked about that show was that fucking football guy that wanted to talk through the first yeah. half of the show yeah. about the Niner game. But um, Niners, because oh, it was Thursday. <laughs> it was, we, we watched the game as we were going into the show, and then right. and then he came down after the game, and literally for twenty minutes or half an hour, while G Love was playing, he was talking to the guy next to him about the 49ers not listening to they so then dancing. so then i thought he was he was just some asshole that was drunk but then as soon as i think i don't know made some comment He's about this not being a football game and then he he actually knew the words to every song and got into the show but yeah so he's just a huge niners and g love fan yeah i mean the thing the thing i love about going to see music people always go you go see music by yourself and i'm like yeah because i want to sit and listen to the music i don't want to sit and talk, talk to, to sam them. yeah <laughs> you do that anytime yeah and there was some touching moments in that show too. There was a, a fan that had passed away recently. And so G Love did a little special tribute because his friends were there in the front row. That's um, cool. Yeah. No, he seems like a good guy. I missed that podcast. So it was nice to actually. Oh, that's right. You had that job that made you be there. Yeah. Unforge. <laughs> Unforge. <laughs> well, we'll get him back. He'll be back on tour. That was a fun. People loved that show. That was a fun show to do. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we'll get further away from wine and have some more random kinds of guests think, coming next I year think that would be fun right. whenever we can yeah all right any more questions there's a t there was a ton of questions my brother wants to know as always what they do with the moguls in the summertime well because they i bet they just showed up they just they just have been delivered and now are getting rain and snowed on because it's uh this storm came in pretty warm it's basically like what they call mixed precipitation oh, at, at lake level right now I mean, it snowed, but it's also pretty wet. And according to my connection, weatherman Phil Cateri. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we going to talk about this wine? Yeah. Which one? The Glentucky. Glentucky. So, so first I mean, of all, yeah, I, I want to give um, shout out to um, an old friend who passed away last week. Um, Bob Benziger um, mm. uh, died. I. Uh, think Bob 70 I'm not positive um, he was second in line of the Benziger the Benziger family 
uh, Mike being the oldest. Um, and he's really going to be missed, yeah. you know? Um, Bob was, uh, Bob's a character to say the least. There's a, there's someone's written, kept, someone wrote down and has assembled this whole list of what we used to call ebobics because Bob used to kind of mix words up um, and kind of have his own, his own thing. So um, um, Bob was um, in charge of hospitality uh, kind of in the family. He did some sales during the Glen Ellen days. Um, uh, uh, then was kind of was the Benziger on property for whenever people would come. And, and Bob had the biggest heart in the world, like do anything for anybody. Um, uh, you know, Bob would have given away the winery, given a chance probably. Um, so a- anyway, Bob, you'll be missed. Uh, love you and stuff. And um, a lot of really good times. Well, and, and as far as like impacts in the valley, I mean, the Benziger is obviously up and down and, and from business side, but it was Bob and Kathy who, who yeah. were the spirits behind becoming independent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, if you're not familiar with and if you feel like, you know, and this Great is place. January 30, December 30th and you're listening to the show and you have another thousand dollars you need to give away for the because your accountant said so. Um, becoming independent helps folks with, uh, you know, uh, disabilities, you know, other developmental disabilities, um, live on their own, get jobs. Yep be mobile they have you know like cars and buses that help people yeah, you know. I, I i followed one down um into town today yeah so um, and and you know that, and that was because of a personal thing in their family but yeah. um, you know countless folks and, and families in in sonoma valley have have benefited from that program yeah and bob um, was so. a, a big baseball fan and didn't he didn't they basically really, like build a baseball diamond in their front yard did, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they and, and, a, <laughs> and a batting cage yeah and bob was very involved even after his kids were done at sonoma high very involved with the baseball team um throwing batting practice and letting kids come and hit in his in his um uh batting cage so yeah. Um, a big loss for that's phenomenal it really so, is so anyway the, so the the so reason shout why out to the benziger family i know you guys are all yeah. probably feeling that, that was week. my yeah. i was planning on working six months for the benzigers ended up working for him for five years well because, and, so you interacted with bob without mm-hmm. a doubt during I'm that sure time. i just i mean i worked at imagery so it was a lot more right. joey right. younger bar type situation right. at, yeah. at imagery than it was up at the old retired guys up at the <laughs> up at the benziger um property um yeah um so you know so uh we have a group of us uh from benziger that get together um that all used to work there for lunch you know once a month and um last in december mike showed up at the end and he showed up with four or five of these little splits and um the first time i was turned on to this would have been about 1998 and it was Chris Benziger and a friend of his, and I helped, and um, it was called Sonoma Coma. And I know there's been many <laughs> Sonoma Comas made over the years by different people, but that was what they were calling it at the time. And this was one that Mike made um, uh, in his own cellar, um, biodynamic, biodynamic um, cannabis, biodynamically grown grapes um, from the Benziger estate, co-fermented, and then um, racked into barrels and bottled by hand. Um, I don't think anything was added to it. I don't even know that they added sulfur. We didn't really, we didn't get into that it's, much of it. It's pretty freaking wild. Yeah. Um, 
potent potent potables for a thousand, Alex. Um, it's it, it, it's it's interesting because like kind of the knock on cannabis cannabis wine co ferments for me was the aromatics would get you know overwhelmed um, with the cannabis. Um, and then we discovered that if you soak the cannabis in water, it takes away a lot of the greenness mm. um, without, you know, pull out root, some of the chlorophyll, without, you pull out the chlorophyll and that made it taste more like wine. Right. Um, I, I, am I also going to go out on a limb in here and is this 17? It is. 17. Is, is this a little like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. This is this was not. I don't think this was 17. Okay. I think he's I think this was 2014. Oh, it could be. I think okay. it was 2000. Because yeah, when did they, it would have been before they sold. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. How <laughs> long has Mike had Kentucky Farms? Well, Kentucky Farms was something that uh, that Buck kind of came up with as a joke. Um, <clears throat> but once Mike started farming full, to- full time for the restaurant and he, and he grows a lot of Chinese herbs and, and whatnot, um, that's when they, I think, actually called it, you know, a business, Glentucky Farm. So that's been, you know, 10, 15 years. Oh, really? Okay. Kind of in line with the I life thought, of the Glen Owen star. But, Buck, I, okay. yeah. I Buck, thought it was after they sold. No, because you know what? So Buck had Buck had a um, truck that he used to haul. Um, Buck, is Mike's son, had a, a truck that he hauled equipment with. And um, he had put Glentucky Farms on the side of the truck. And that was when I still worked there. So that was, okay. you know. Good. And I don't know if it's just association, but I, it seems like, like, I actually like the wine. I think it's good, but I think I, this will be good with chocolate. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's got a ton of tannin and it's, and it's not grape tannins, right? It's those like plant tannins. Um, so some chocolate, some like richness. It has that little bit of like sweetness, but it's it's not a, it, it's residual sugar, but it's not sweet necessarily. No, no. I mean, do you think it's actually residual sugar, or is it just sweet alcohol? And um, I mean, I, I it smells to me like it's residual sugar. Yeah, especially like right at the beginning of the. Yeah. But what are the effects? Like, like if you drink, I don't know. Let uh, us know in twenty minutes. I know. So, like, if you well, drink, we'll a have to glass ask the, this. the tasting that's coming in at three o'clock. How is Brian today? Now there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> or is it four? <laughs> um, you know, it was. I think uh, it's wise to uh, pour it in a or a bottle it in a three seventy five, and probably also wise to. Um, uh, share it with friends yeah. as opposed to just, but how do you, yourself. Sam, you and I've had this conversation. How do you activate the THC if you're not using heat? The alcohol does. Yeah. The alcohol does. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's why you can soak it in water because it's the alcohol will take the THC out of, and will take it right. out and put it into solution. Right. And, and, um, you know, the decarboxylation and, we have a scientist in the other room who will negate what I'm saying, probably. But it, you know, peaks in the 200 degrees or so, like. But it hap- starts to happen in, you know, about 90 degrees. That's why, like, all these vaporizers and things work. So, um, if your fermentation is getting up to the mid 90s at any point during, you know, primary fermentation, which, you know, with a big cabernet like this, they probably would have done something like that. And it might have done it on its own anyway. But if it's a small lot, they probably help to get there. Um, 
so you're getting some activation uh, of the THC from that, but the alcohol will do it eventually anyway. I mean, you can just take, you know, people do this with like you take trim or you know, shake or whatever, and and soak it in grain alcohol, um, and make tinctures and stuff. So the alcohol extracts and and breaks the the TCA THCA bond, um, and, and makes it a effective. Sam, my mom thought that maybe you should go to um, sommelier school for cannabis, and I said, I said, mom, that would to be, teach. That's what I said. I said, mom, he would have to be the teacher, be professor, professor Sam. Yeah, well, a your mom overestimates my ability to be a student for one thing, uh, and maybe you'd, to you'd be a make teacher. a good professor, Sam. You really would. Yeah, I like to talk and hear my own voice. I'd make a great professor. <laughs> you know, instead of the, you got the tie-dyed t-shirt instead of the uh, corduroy jacket. With on, I would, I would totally sleeves. rock a tie-dyed t-shirt with some like elbow patch blazer. Yeah, how for sure. socks and start driving a Volvo station wagon. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I had a Subaru station wagon. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Got rid of that. So what is the plan for this wine? Are they just making it for friends and family or is it? Oh, yeah. No, this was this, this is non Mike's. non commercial. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, it's still I mean, the pinnacle of um, not legal. Well, but, but we've been having this conversation ever since legalization that that there is going to be a point where people come to visit Sonoma, that there's going to be a tasting room for wine and a tasting room for there are already for are those cannabis. Tours. But but. Uh, I don't see it happening like I thought it was going to happen. Well, and I mean, we're we can have a whole show on the ways that both Sonoma County and California have bungled cannabis legalization in all the ways possible, and that's one of them. And and it's partially is just that uh, community members weren't ready for you know be living next to a, a cannabis grow with a hospitality piece to it. Uh, part of it is in California law, you're not allowed to give away cannabis, legal cannabis. So like if you go to, if you go to a dispensary and they're doing a, a giveaway or something, really it's like, you know, you spend X amount of dollars and for a dollar more, you get this giant box of pre-rolls and gummy samples or whatever that it's the, it's the free shipping loophole. Right. Um, so cannabis tastings, haven't they haven't like figured out how to make that that i know of um totally legal and frankly and you know if you're one of the five members of the sonoma county supervisors and you're listening to this um or you're a voter in sonoma county sonoma county is going to be left behind is being left behind by like santa barbara county which is way more embracing of cannabis agriculture and will be having cannabis tourism right alongside wine tourism much sooner than we figured out here. So it's, it's the people want to do it, but there's also still enough, op, you know, pushback that people don't want to do it. Yet. Sam, we should get Jeff Pearson and um, Sarah Payne up here. That would be, that would be a great one. Yeah. And, a little, and we can do a little cross cross promotion with, uh, with her, she's with her radio misfits podcast network show. Yeah. Planted I, I with Sarah Payne with her. She's really bright yeah she's awesome she came and did they did a they when we were doing virtual vinyl sunday um they showed up as guests one day i think they were just in town hanging out and we pulled them into threw them in front of a camera uh, but they're they're both great so yeah well that's a good that's a good goal 2023 guest yeah that's the other thing if you have people out there and i you know we'll close with i don't know if we're ready to close but maybe if you're a listener or a 
winemaker. You know, we routinely ignore publicists' requests to have their clients come on the show. Um, but, you know, if you there's a great guest out there that you think would vibe with what we're doing and have something interesting to say, send them our way. Yeah. We're, we're always, whether, you know, wine, wine adjacent or not wine at all, but would have a good conversation. Yeah, Happy and, to have and, and for those of you who have reached out yourselves oh, to you. see if you can get yourself on the show, um, you know, keep keep yeah, in contact. R- r- remind us. Do yeah. it again. <laughs> keep, keep, keep in contact because a lot of times, you know, things come and we're booked out, you know, a couple of months and um, and things just happen. So stay in touch. Stay or in we're touch. just on brand and forget. Right. Exactly. A couple too many glasses of Glen Tucky special. Hey, I do have a shout out. Shout out. Uh, where this show started was on KSVY mm. uh, in the Vine Country. And uh, I have photos of both of you guys on there. It's great. And uh, we were just named Nonprofit of the Year by the Chamber of Commerce, which cool. was really a nice honor. It was really very good. And they're doing some, uh, uh, some like, concerts? Fundraising. Concerts. Yeah. Somebody just walked in the door. Um, is it somebody we know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll go talk to our guest. <laughs> Brian's got it. Um, they're, but they're KSVY is doing some fundraising on on the air. Yes, we are. Uh, so if again, after you give money to whoever else I said earlier, um, you should give some money to KSVY. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. You can go to ksvy.org and uh, donate online, which yeah. is great. But I was very proud of that. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. I've been there 12 years now, which is just amazing. Yeah. That's fun. That's awesome. Having, that's awesome. The, having a good time. Real radio. Real radio. Right here in Sonoma. How many, do, does the station have any idea how many people listen on the radio and how many people listen online? Yeah. Uh, online is where we can really track it. Right. But we've got about 12,000 listeners every 15 minutes, but they tend to listen for almost an hour, which is the prize for any radio station is long time listeners. They just, they stay in and stay and listen. That's it. So it's very positive, Sam. You know, we, in, in, when you rate a radio station, you look at how long they stick around right and it's that's just the jewel that you want just so that hour long listen we, when we get hour long listeners it's amazing so yeah it's about twelve thousand every 15 minutes well we think the same thing about podcast yeah. we get we love those those hour and a half long listeners yeah. <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> well i'm sure that they listen to it two or three different cities you know that's what i do. yeah i listen and then go back and listen and go back and I got to tell you, this Bordeaux is fantastic. <laughs> John is back, folks. John is back. That's yep. all we needed. A little Bordeaux. Oh, it sure tastes good. Getting back, Gets back on the road. I definitely have a little Glentucky on the brain. Came in maybe with a little Glentucky on the brain, but I'm feeling a little floaty. Well, then we just poured this. This. Oh, I got to try that too. Huh? Late Harvest Merlot, 1978. Harvested at 30.3 bricks, residual sugar at bottling 2.9, uh, alcohol 15.3. I mean, Where's the front? This is Ruby Hill, Monterey. Limited bottling, 4,800 4, bottles. That's it. I love Monterey, <laughs> man. That's a nice town. I like that in Carmel. 
really nice to go down there for. A this is also nights. cellared and bottled uh, in Pleasanton. It's um, there's a theme. It's kind of disconnected and broken up. I think we lost it, you know, probably ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. But you can see a shadow of what was there. Yeah. Another brown one. Yeah. And who made a late harvest Merlot in 1970s? Like, well, is it sweet? Uh, it's got some sweetness. Two point yeah. nine bricks at bottling. Yeah, that's that's sweet. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Hmm. All right. What else? Any more questions there, Sam? Um, I sort of lost track. <laughs> um, how many total hours did you spend with Kevin Matthew Burns? Brett George wanted to know. Um, less this year than the year before. Yeah. Uh, Although you know, well, and we, and I don't he know, got himself a girlfriend. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, it was sort of like uh, 40, acre, 40 hectares and an older brother. Kevin found love uh, at Hospice to Right. Because um, he, we spent a lot of time with him at Hospice to Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we and then never saw him again. Right. Sam and I had, <laughs> had a round. I had one round of golf with him. Yeah, I, don't, I think the last time I played golf with him may have been in Paso. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, I'm sure that you love us talking about your personal life um, <laughs> uh, on the show. Uh, and because I respect uh, your partner so much, I won't throw you under the bus even more on it. But um, I think we're losing Kevin to the South, co- the South Country. Just gonna pass right over the top and see you soon, Kevin. <laughs> All right, what else do we have here? Um, Brett had f- memorable wine, funny story of a guest visiting. I can't remember any. Uh, uh, wine club member of the year. I got I got a wine club member of the year shout out. Um, I'm gonna shout out Laura Aguiar, um, who this year launched her floral business uh, and has returned fresh flowers to the tasting room. Um, and sort of filled a void that was pretty hard to fill when we lost our previous yes. florists. And, and um, I bought a, Jimmy a, an arrangement for Joan for Christmas from her. You did? Yeah. Awesome. Now, she's, she's growing a lot of her own stuff in a pollinator garden in Napa. Beautiful, she's doing, doing a great job. Beautiful stuff. Uh, so wine club member. And of the just year, a nice go. person. And just wonderful. Yeah. And a great photographer. James Joyner pops in from the yeah. from the lounge. Yes, she and is. former uh, law enforcement, so she knows one of my ex-friends who was former law enforcement, so they're buddies. Oh, uh, well, now I have to be more careful. <laughs> 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 the Glen Tucky wine. <laughs> She'll be listening. Uh, I think, though, I well, think she does it. listen. Oh, she's a... She's, yeah, she's, she's a... a yeah. She had... I, I didn't realize... I just thought she did the flowers. And then when, when she was here for the cheese party, she got me sat down and she just started asking all kinds of questions about the podcast. Oh, she sent... Uh, and I'll pass it. I, she sent like a like a dissertation on our... On the... Um, on she the asked me Artie Johnson show. Did I send it to you? No. No. I, it was, I mean, more than my ADD brain allows me to read in one sitting for sure. Yeah. Oh. It had a lot to do with Artie. Yeah. Well, off, off air. Okay. Off air. Um, that, that's it. I'm, I got no more questions. There's some more questions, but I can't answer any more questions. <laughs> Shout outs? Uh, upcoming events? Um, um, 
Final uh, Sundays? Uh, well, the DTC Symposium for the well-heeled or folks who can find <laughs> a benevolent um, overlord in corporate Podcasting. sector to pay for it. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike the Baker coming back on the 22nd. Yep. Um, Jasmine and I will be going to oh, Eco, Eco Farm, which maybe now you and Paul showing up. We, yeah, well, Eco Farm is expanded to right. Spanish Bay. Um, and well, can you talk about Eco Farm, please? Yeah, Eco Farm is um, it's the ecological farming conference. It's essentially put on by the same people who are CCOF, California Certified Organic Farmers, um, and it's every year. Uh, well, they've skipped two um, in Asilomar, uh, you know, in between like Pacific Grove and Carmel, Monterey there. Uh, and it's organic farmers from all over the country and the world. Um, and it's like three days of, of sessions, keynote addresses. Uh, there's a great exhibit hall. There's a all organic wine and uh, so what you're Brian and Jasmine are pouring at is is the wine tasting all from organically grown grapes. There used to be a cheese and cider tasting. I don't know if that's going to happen again. Um, and also, it's like in this most beautiful, magnificent place in the world on the you know on the Pacific Ocean, um, in this conference grounds that most of the buildings were designed by Julia Morgan. Um, so on just it's just like. And and it's January, and you have all these farmers who you know don't have a whole lot going on in January because it's usually hopefully rainy and, and um, you know kind of a quiet time in the farm. Uh, and it's really it's not wine or grape centric. It's it's vegetable farmers and, and you know these folks trying to figure out how to make it farming organic vegetables and coming together and sharing best practices and um god that share market has sure grown in the last five years well you know you and thanks to like folks who you know will be we will be memorializing at eagle farm this year uh, amigo bob um who expanded organic and and helped you know organic valley and all these some of these really big um organic brands come into compliance and and build what they've built and now you have you know organic produce section at walmart um yeah you know it's it's Everywhere. it's huge so yeah. and, and it all started you know eco farm it'll be uh i think 2020 was 40 years um so you know you're talking about going back to the beginning of organic farming this is this is um you know it traces all the way back to the late 70s so. did i see your friend canard uh stopped his green string farm. Uh, so that was retirement? Bob and in partnership with the Kleins. Okay. And Bob is essentially retired and bought a piece of property up in the north of the Central Valley. And, um, you know, I think that that and, and I mean, that guy place got kind of screwed over by the PG&E work and it's kind of made it look dead out there. Um, I think that that hurt them. Uh, pretty bad as far as business goes. So, yeah, they you pulled the plug. Giant station right there. At- yeah, and they did some like big construction. Uh, you know, Panorama. I don't know. But um, Ross Kennard, Bob's son, who's you know my contemporary, my yeah. buddy, um, is expanding his operations not to that property, but um, a few different properties in Sonoma Valley. And he has his. So if you're in Sonoma, the Kennard Family Farm CSA um, is a great one to be a part of, um, and they have. Great stuff, and you know, Shapenese Valley, all kinds of places that are buying those veggies. So, yep. awesome. It it lives on. Green String Farm might not, but that's it, a good thing. Yeah, the farm lives on. 
Um, so events that we have coming up to for 16600, um, we're doing Magnum dinners um, at the Fairmont Hotel. So one a month. You heard it here first. This is a, it's a small thing. It's only 10 people. We're doing it in their private dining room. The first one's going to be centered around Auditat because of uh, Philippe's birthday um, in January. So it's going to be a four-course dinner. Um, all wines poured out of Magnum, all 16600 wines. We got the first three dates. January 26th, February 23rd, and March 23rd. So all Thursdays, we're, um, uh, we're going to, if you're a uh, Phil Sent Me member, you get a little price break on the dinner. But Jared Reeves, the executive chef of the Fairmont, is going to be preparing the dinners. He's excited about doing some fun stuff for us. Um, and then, I mean, do you want to officially talk about? Let's do it. It's all not official, but it's official now. All right, so we're doing a Phil Farm Symposium. Um, it's going to be April 1st at the Fairmont in Sonoma or in Boys Hot Springs. And it's going to involve all wineries that are farmed by Phil Couturier. And we're going to do a, a grand tasting um, in the pavilion. We'll, we'll start in the morning, do a tasting in the morning, and then have a lunch. Um, and then come back and do another tasting in, in the afternoon. So it's going to be fun. And there will be some other components um, as we um, flesh it out. As we add some things to it. But. Um, if you live in this area or if you want to come visit April 1st, um, it'll be a good time to come visit and try a bunch of those wines. And there'll be some audiovisual components to it and a lot of people speaking and centered all around organic um, grapes. Cool. Yeah. Excited. Totally. I think if we keep talking, we're just going to keep collecting I, scruffy hippies from the East Coast and the, <laughs> in the parlor here of the tasting house. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a couple of things I'm working on. This has on. been happening to me the last couple of days, <laughs> right? actually. You just turn around and there's another I got random meet, dude uh, sitting in I, the I got tasting. to meet Stinky Pete the other day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, I had never met before. but Just all kinds of people dropping into this place. It's, it's this is, uh, you know the magic and the impossibility of working here. That's why you can never get anything done is there's just always somebody else showing up. You're a, you're a magnet. So. Yeah. Some like, like flies on shit. I wouldn't say that. I, I like, so, I, so, so I will be pouring this year again at the garage tees. Yeah. I about Sonoma. this. Um, April 29th at the Veterans Hall in Sonoma. Um, it's a great tasting. Um, everybody is less than a thousand cases. Um, you typically all um, winemaker owner um, pouring. Um, a nice collection of uh, group from here in Sonoma pouring, but there's also uh, wineries from all over the state that come up for this. Um, so uh, tickets are on sale here very soon, April 29th. Um, the garage te garagetestfestival.org. Um, it is a benefit for the um, the ag um, department at Cal Poly. Um, and then I'm also working on a winemaker dinner, a couple different winemaker dinners um, for this spring and summer. Um, more information to come on that, hopefully. And we're going to do some sort of um, spring release tasting at the Mossanave house also. Wait, what is that? For the first time. Remember the place where we did the tasting for the... Where the Sonoma Vintners have their office. Yeah, where we did the tasting oh, for their... That is such a great spot. Yeah. Masonov. Yeah. Masonov. Yeah, yeah if you haven't been there, that's historic Sonoma. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, cool. That so sounds really I'll cool. I'll be doing a, a spring tasting there. Awesome. Yeah. April um, 2nd? 
No, that date hasn't been set yet. Okay. Oh, April 2nd. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, I, that wouldn't be a bad idea because there's people in town. Um, Sam, just a thought, and I, I happen to try Jack, who works at Magnolia, uh, one of his wines the other night. Mm. Does he actually sell those somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think most of it is wholesale. Um, I keep telling him he needs to do more DTC. So Fresh Fresh Wine Co. Fresh Co. Wines. Sonoma's Best has them. Uh, okay. and, also. and Jack's filling station, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, and you can go to, I think he's got a website or you'd look him up on Instagram. Okay. Um, I mean, total cellar rat. This guy spends most of his time in the cellar, right? And then, yeah. or out in the vineyard totally. and makes these great wines that no one knows about. Well, we, we kind of sort of had him on the show zoom wise, yeah. but we'll have him actually bring his lineup and sit down with us in 2023. Cool. Yeah. Jack's a great guy. Yeah. All right, John. All right, that's it for me, buddy. <laughs> got any more? Already, got any more Margot? I, I just seriously. <laughs> you know, I'm top off that Margot I'm, with a little bit of Glen Tucky. Well, I got to drive to Petaluma, so yeah, right, right now. Keep the, yeah, take the Glen Tucky home with you, or no maybe we'll send it home with, with Bart. Yeah. Or send Team. it home with uh, Mr. <laughs> Joiner. You know, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, every thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you next year. See you next year. Peace and love.